0: In today's episode, we're going to take a look at power. What's our power source? Who's driving our influence? You know, we know that power is the ability to do something. It's the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others. You know, with power comes great responsibility, but we need to be aware of the source of our of the power that we possess. Come on in into this episode and let's take a look at who's driving your power. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's talk about our power source. Let's talk about who's driving or what's the force behind our power. Um, so often, you know, we are power focused and we all have power in some capacity. And that's exactly what power is. In some area of our lives, we have the ability or influence over someone. And so that's power. A definition of it is the ability to do something or the capacity to direct or influence the behavior of others. A lot of us want power and we want it beyond our limited sphere. So let's just say the only way you have power is in your home because you have it as a parent. That's a good thing because you have the ability and the capacity to influence your to grow healthy and strong, and especially if you're one of faith, to grow in the name and admonition of the Lord, okay? And then sometimes, you know, we want to extend that power beyond uh, just people we know. We want to have influence throughout the world. And, you know, sometimes desiring power is not good. Our motives are wrong, We want to be seen as all powerful or all influential or as someone who is great. You know, we want to be looked upon with eyes of amazement. Well, in this passage that I'm reading today, chapter 8 of the book of Acts. Um, you know, that's the Acts of the Apostles. (laughs) I like to say that is active Christians terrorizing Satan. All right. (laughs) So in this particular chapter, we meet someone um, who was uh, just, you know, he was caught up in the, um, I want to, I want to let's see, how should we say? We should say that he was caught up in the fact that people praised him and that people gave him attention because of the ability that he had. Now, the problem with his ability was that it was evil. Let's go to verse number nine. It says, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery. Now, this was a, a, type of power. What is sorcery? It's the use of power, but it is gained from the assistance or control of evil spirits okay? The source of this particular power or the influence that Simon had was from an evil source. We'll come back to that. We'll circle back to that and show you the difference between uh, power, the power God gives and the power of evil. Well, you know, he had been, he had been doing this. He practiced sorcery. One thing we don't know about Simon is we don't know his, 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 ethnicity. Come on, Denise, speak now. We don't know his ethnicity. We don't know anything about his background or his lineage. The Bible does not tell us. We just know that he's been amazing all of the people in Samaria. Now, I want to back up just for a second and go back to the beginning of this particular chapter, because I want you to know that a great revival is happening in samaria now after the stoning of stephen you can read all about that in acts chapter 7 there was persecution that broke out against the church and it caused a great scattering of the people now the apostles they remained in jerusalem but the other disciples and believers you know they scattered they left because of the persecution Now, you know, God can take the bad thing and make it a good thing. That even though these people were leaving Jerusalem, wherever they left, they left the city, but they didn't leave God. They didn't leave the new life that they found through Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that in chapter 8, verse 4, that those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. You see how God can take, you know, those bad things that happen and still make them good? It was the spreading of the gospel. So wherever these people went, they told the good news of the kingdom. They told people about Christ. And that's what we find here. We are introduced again to Philip, now, Philip, you can read about him in Acts chapter 6. He was one of those who was chosen of the seven to be a deacon to administer the food to those um uh, Jewish or Hellenistic Jews, okay? He was one of those, and he was one who was found to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. So that's what we know about Philip. Philip proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah in Samaria because that's where he had gone after the persecution. Now, when Philip spoke and the Holy Spirit Spirit through him performed miracles, crowds heard Philip crowds saw the miracles and they paid close attention to what he said. The people were drawn to Philip by the words that he spoke. There's power in the word of God, y'all. All we got to do is speak God's truth. He said, Jesus said that if if we lift him up, he'll draw all men unto him. Now the people were coming to Philip because of the message and the miracles, but eventually they i mean well realistically they were being drawn to Jesus that was the message that Philip was teaching now there was great demonstration of the power Power of God through Philip. The Bible tells us that many were delivered from demonic possession and the paralyzed and lame were healed. As a result of this, there was joy, great joy in that city. So can't you tell there was a new feeling? There was a new spirit in the area we read that Simon had practiced sorcery and it amazed the, the, the uh, people of that town. Now I can imagine that there was another level, there was another heaviness or spirit that was in the atmosphere, even though the people were amazed by Simon's ability and whatever that was he was doing at the time. I don't don't know what he was doing. The Bible says that he boasted that he was someone great. We'll talk about that. But then now here comes Philip and he's in the region, he's in the area and he's preaching the gospel, the good, News that's an uplifting in the hearts of, and minds of people. That's an encouragement of joy. You know, that is um, it, you know, it just it just changed their their perception and their thought. It changed the atmosphere. So let's go back and let's see what this Simon is all about. So he amazed all the people of Samaria by the sorcery that he practiced. Now he boasted that he was someone great. He did it. And um, if we would go back and think about Philip. Philip was there doing the work of God, but we don't read that Philip is boasting about his ability or uh, that he is bragging about his ability, the ability that is given to him through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, people of all statuses of life, the rich and the poor, they crowded around Simon and they called him the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. Now you find that in verses nine through 11. Now, when we get to verse number 12, we notice that Philip is on this scene because the Bible says, but when they believe Philip, As he preached the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. There was a shift. There was a change. The people were hearing something new. Y'all know the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Faith, once you believe, will cause you to do, they wanted um, this new life that they had heard Philip teach and preach about and also the evidence of what he was teaching through the demonstrations of the deliverance that the people were receiving that were possessed by demons and who were also healed by uh healed from their paralysis. So when Philip is on this scene, the people are now moving away from Simon the sorcerer and they are moving towards Philip, ultimately Jesus, and being baptized. Oh, what a good thing. This was good news. This was the message of Christ and the people were seeing, they were hearing, and their hearts were being changed. Now, verse number 13 tells us that Simon himself believed and he was baptized baptized, that he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by what he saw, the miracles as well as the signs. Now, I don't know. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he believed, but let's see if he truly had a conversion of heart. Well, in verse number 14, we find that the apostles, the apostles in Jerusalem heard about Samaria and the people's belief and how they had accepted the word of God. Honey, listen, people, baby, when we hear that people have received and accepted the word of God, that ought to bring us joy, okay? And um, it should also encourage us to support new converts in their new faith. Let's don't leave them out there to figure things out for themselves. Let's send some support to help them in the faith so that they can grow even the more. So the apostles decided that they would send Peter and John from Jerusalem to Samaria. Now we see in verse 15 that, Peter and John arrive. I want you to notice that when they arrived they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. It's important here that we see that we should never forget prayer. Prayer is essential to the life of the believer. It must proceed every work that we do, because it is through prayer that we're going to get answers. It is through prayer that our work will be uh, justified, amplified, and it will work. Okay. That's exactly what will happen. So when they got on this scene, we are in verse uh, 14, they prayed for these new believers, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had just been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Okay, so when Peter and John placed their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Now, Peter and John were in in agreement. The Bible tells us that if two or three of us come together, you know, in agreement and whatever we ask God, he will do. This is an answer to a prayer that Peter and John prayed. Yeah, they put their hands on the people as they went along. And the Bible tells us that they received the Holy Spirit. Yay. Yes. Amen. That God answered the prayer of Peter and John. Also, these people were receptive. They wanted um, to have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. You know, they wanted the constant companion of God's spirit living within them, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth, remember Jesus said, would guide us and remind us of the things that he said. You have a new life. You got to have the new way. You got to have a new spirit to help guide you in the new life. And not just any old spirit, you got to have the Holy Spirit. This is where this empowerment comes from, right? It's the spirit of truth. Now look, so now they have received the Holy Spirit. This is what the Bible tells us. This is uh, verse number, where are we? 17. Um, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now the people received the Holy Spirit But where was Simon? Simon, the sorcerer, the one who had been uh, baptized, said he believed. Verse 18 says that when he saw that the spirit was giving at the laying on the uh, of the apostles hands, he offered them money. He offered them money. Verse 19 and said, give me also this ability, ability. What is ability? remember? Power is defined also as ability. So he wanted this power so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Y'all get this. Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the hands, of the apostles' hands, and he wanted to do it too. So he offers them money. Y'all, we cannot buy God's gifts. We cannot by his spirit. He gives freely his spirit. He gives freely his gifts to all those who will accept his salvation plan. All those who will accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. All those who believe that Jesus is God's son risen from the dead. Those who confess it with their mouths, believe it in their hearts. Those are the ones that will be saved. Come on, y'all. You can get this gift. Now, Simon, he could have received the Holy Spirit if his heart was right. His heart was not right. Peter and John had prayed that the people be given the Holy Spirit, but something was blocking the reception in Simon. Simon was following Philip right? But did he have the right motive in following Philip? So when the apostles John and Peter come and he sees the great, miraculous, powerful work that has been accomplished through him through them, then he desires what they have. Oh, oh my goodness, y'all. Look at this. What did he see though? that made him want this ability. The Bible does not tell us exactly what happened when Peter and John laid their hands on these people. We can say that there was some great expression of the spirits uh, indwelling of these people. Like at Pentecost, there was a loud noise. Uh, Then the people started speaking in new Tongues, they were speaking in new languages as the as the spirit gave them utterance. I do not know if that was the same display, but I do believe that something extraordinary happened in order for Simon to want this ability, okay? We are not told, but we do know that it amazed Simon to the point that he wants to buy it when he could have received it freely. (laughs) But no, he wanted to buy it. But let's go further. Let's go to verse 20. Now, Simon gets rebuked quickly by Peter. And I like how the contemporary English version says of uh, these next verses. It says, you and your money will both end up in hell if you think you can buy God's gift. Y'all, that's a warning right there. You don't have any part in this and God sees that your heart is not right. Get rid of these evil thoughts and ask God to forgive you. I can see, this is Peter talking, that you are jealous and bound by your evil works. That's verses 20 through 23, the contemporary English version. Now, there you go. There you go. Simon, even though he was baptized and said to be a believer, He has requested to buy the gift of God. He was following Philip, but he was not right. He was jealous. See, remember, he had people following him. He had people amazed by him. The people called him a great power. He boasted of his ability. But when Philip came on the scene, he lost that influence. He lost that power power. He lost that ability. Maybe he was trying to figure out a way he could gain it back. And when he saw what the apostles was doing, he wanted it. Okay. He no longer had the honor of people. So he was looking for a way to be acknowledged again as someone great. He didn't want to take away the ability from Peter and John. He just wanted it too, so that he can go other places and lay his hands on people. And whatever happened at at that particular scene when Peter and John laid their hands on people, he was hoping the same thing would happen so he would be seen and in the same light as someone great. This man, Simon, was bound by He was baptized, but he was still bound. And God was not fooled by Simon's baptism or his pretense of belief. God knew Simon's heart. He was not sincere in his uh, conversion or his confession. Now, look, God knows too. God knows everything about all of us. We can't fool God. God ain't mocked. God can see uh, beyond what we say. He can see the heart, okay? Peter told this man to repent. Peter didn't leave him that way. Peter offered him a resolution. He offered him help for his sin. He told him to repent, pray, ask God to forgive. He gave him the remedy to his heart problem. Now, did uh, he take it? Did he take the resolution that Peter offered him for his heart condition? See, the power that that Simon wanted was evil. His desire was evil. He was influenced by evil, even though holiness was amongst him and around him, even though he pretended to be walking after righteousness, his heart had not been changed, neither his mind. So did did he take this this advice? Let's look at verse 24. Simon said, kind of remind me of the game Simon says, you know, he said, and you know, um, We got to be careful about what Simon said. We don't want to follow what Simon said. Simon says, please pray to the Lord so that what you say won't happen. Now we can look at that and say, you know, intercession is really good. We often ask people to pray for us, but we ought to be praying too. Peter told the man to pray and ask God to forgive. You know, he could have said it this way. Okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to forgive me. And I want you to pray, too, because I believe God hears your prayers. You know, he could have, but he did not. The Bible does not give indication that that's what he said. You know, no, he said, pray to the Lord so that what you say won't happen. I don't know why he didn't pray because, you know, his heart just wasn't right he had a prayer request, but he would not pray. And sometimes that happens to us. People will come if they know you are someone that's devoted and committed to prayer. They'll ask you to pray, but they won't pray. They won't pray along with you. So I want you to know today, and I'm not even sure if Peter and John prayed. They may have, but we're not told. Um, Peter and John, after they had preached about the Lord, you know, they returned to uh, Jerusalem and on their way, they told the good news in many villages of Samaria. So everywhere they went, the gospel was still being spread, the good news. And we can take that too, that wherever we go, We need to spread the good news. So what I want to leave you with about this power source is that there is no greater power than the power of God. We've got to know what's propelling our influence. Is it evil or is it holy? If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there should be evidence. There should be a change in your heart. There should be a change in the practices and behaviors that you have. Look at here. We must not be amazed by evil to the point that we follow it. We don't even need to be confusing the uh, so-called demonstrated power that is um. Uh, influenced by evil with that being from God. I hope you got what I'm saying. There are people, many people in our culture and society today that we look at as powerful, but they are really operating under a spirit that is contrary to the spirit of God. What must we do? We must be people of prayer we've got to ask God to show us that which is from him and that which is not from him. We must ask God to sharpen our discernment. We too must uh, sharpen our discernment by staying in the word of God so that we can recognize and know the real from the counterfeit. Okay, listen, the counterfeit will always speak contrary to the word of God. that which is opposing God, um, those that are operating under evil influences. They can't speak what God says. If we remember the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon those disciples in the room, the first thing the Spirit gave them the ability to do was to speak. And they spoke in a new tongue. They spoke in a language that they had not spoken. A language that could have taken months and years to cultivate to learn. They spoke to the masses at Pentecost in the languages that they can understand. Y'all, that's the power and working of the Holy Spirit. So any spirit, the counterfeit spirit will speak contrary to the word of God. Listen, we have got to check our hearts too. We've got to know whether we are being driven or being influenced by the ways of the world. Are we following after its practices? Are we desiring to have people look upon us with amazement? Do we want people to see us as the great influencer or the great power. Y'all, we got to be careful that God is omnipotent. God is the one that's all powerful. He's the one that's all knowing and all seeing. We have the privilege to lead and point people to his son, that we are his vessels to be used in this great work. And it is our duty to remain humble, okay? And let God do the exalting. Are we just? We got to check our hearts to see if we're jealous of the gift that God has given others. We need to be mindful of the power that's at work within us. And if that power is darkness, just bring it to the light. Return. I mean, yeah, return. Repent. Pray, ask God, you know, to forgive you. He's always ready to forgive. He's always ready to restore. You can read about that in Psalms 86, verse number five. And also, let us be receptive to correction and then follow the command of God. Let's check our power source. Let's check our power source. Who is driving our influence? I pray today that it is the Holy Spirit that is empowering you and you can. Have the Holy Spirit residing within you by accepting his son, Jesus, as Lord of your life, staying committed and devoted to the study of his word, and then ridding yourself of the behaviors of the world by putting to death the former deeds of the body. Father, we thank you that you've given us your word. Thank you that you've given us your son and your spirit so that we can live the life that you have promised. I pray for those today who are seeking, Father, this power, Father, that they will get it and know that it is from you. We love you, Lord. We thank you so much. All right, this has been your Daily Dose. Remember, a daily dose of God's Word is good for the soul. Be blessed.